Welcome to the Creative Chats Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. And you can check out some of my visual work over on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. And also, I'd love to have you be a part of our community called Daily Creative Habit. It's a free Facebook group that is filled with all types of creatives, writers and designers, visual artists, musicians, um, whatever it is that you're creating. We would love to have you head on over to dailycreativehabit.com and request to be a part of that group. Again, it's free. And it's simply for those who are raising their hand to say, I want to prioritize for my creativity. I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft because I know when I show up more consistently, then I'm going to start doing the work that I really love to do and need to do. And more than that, the work that other people are waiting for me to do. So if that's you, head on over. We would love to have you be part of that group. Hey, for this episode, I have something special. I'm reaching back to earlier this year where I was part of an online summit called Creating Your Big Break Summit, and that was created and hosted by Jesse Paul Smith. He was also on the podcast earlier this year. Great guy. And this was a panel where I was part of this discussion with some fellow creatives who were part of that event as well. Uh, We had, of course, like I said, Jesse, who ran the event, and then Michael Faber and Richie Jackson, who is a choreographer for like Lady Gaga. Um, we have DJ Sammy Shoebox, uh, amazing DJ. And we had also, you know, myself. And it was amazing discussion because we were able to take some feedback that was happening real time during the event and just talk about it in kind of a roundtable way. I always love these conversations because you get to see different people's insights and experiences. You get to hear about how people have dealt with things and are currently dealing with things. And so no matter where you are in your creative journey, if you're just starting, if you're trying to figure things out, what your creativity looks like, maybe you're trying to figure out how to go from it being a creative hobby to a creative business. You're trying to figure out how to make a living from this, build an audience. You're trying to figure out how to get what you do out into the world and connected with the right people. I think no matter where you are, you're going to find something in this conversation that's going to be helpful. And I know I enjoy being a part of it and having the opportunity to lend some of the experiences and insights that I've had. And then also just hearing others and realizing like, yeah, you know what? Like we are all in this together. And when we come together, we start sharing those experiences. We start sharing those things uh, that are part of our journey. Um, We realize, again, those are not just for us, but they're for the people around us and for you today, hopefully. So I'm going to get out of the way. This is the panel discussion that is from Creating Your Big Break Summit, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm gonna give all of these amazing speakers just a quick chance to introduce themselves so you know exactly who is joining us on this panel. We are going to talk about everything about creating your big break, how to build a stage, how to attract an audience, how to be able to impact that audience so you can monetize that audience and how to scale. And we have some brilliant minds on this panel to do so. So first of all, I'm gonna introduce the guests. 
I've got Michael, Mike, DJ Sammy, Shoebox, Moses, and we got Richard Jackson. So, uh, Mike Faber, I'm going to give you a second to introduce yourself, brother, so people know who you are. So, I promised you I'd keep it real short, so I'm Michael Faber, Unleash You Now. Just happy to be here amongst some giants in the business, and they somehow let me on the same stage. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this guy's, uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out this guy's session, he talks all about how to build a stage completely organically, attracting the right audience without Facebook ads, just by being intentional with the people you connect with. His session is amazing. I got my next dude, Mike Brennan. Welcome to the stage, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, Jess. Uh, yeah. So I say that I am a creator and communicator telling stories on pages and stages. So I create some art like you see behind me and some graphic design and then also speak and help creatives with establishing a daily creative habit. Yeah. And your, your session was, I mean, your session was phenomenal. It's still resonating with me on stop creating for the money or the result of it. Start creating for just the love of creating. And boy, has that made a huge impact. Um, I got my main dude, DJ Sammy Shoebox Moses. Ooh, what's going on, whoa, brother? Whoa, whoa. What's up guys? Hey, yeah. So uh, Shoebox Moses here, uh, adopted Filipino out of the Philippines. I found my way from working in a bathroom at a nightclub to playing main stages around the world for some of the most prolific entrepreneurs and amazing world changers on the planet. And yeah, just like Michael was saying, I have no idea how I got here other than hard, hard work and a bunch of really cool rituals and gifts is what I like to call them. Oh. But yeah, it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure, my man. Thanks, Jesse. And if you haven't had a chance to check out DJ Sammy's pump-up session that we've had now the past two days, go check it out. He's jamming out on stage and he's making you jealous with his view of his house because he's got an amazing view in the back. So, um, and then of course, finally, but not least, we got my main man, Richie Jackson. What's going on, brother? What's up, Jess? Jess? What's up, everybody? I'm Richie Jackson, creative director, choreographer. Uh, you've probably seen my fantastic work with Lady Gaga, Jojo Siwa, Katy Perry, and more. I love to work with artists. I love to create. I love to put on shows. I love to like make magic, and I love working with new talent. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, brother, super excited, super blessed and honored that, first of all, all of you guys uh, – you know, took the time to be a part of this summit. Uh, 40 plus speakers is kind of a, a big deal. And, and there's just so much value being poured into this. And none of this would be possible without you guys. But I, I want to kind of preface this whole thing with, you know, for, for all the people in the room right now that are really struggling to kind of find find where their niche is. Every single, every single person, I say, has... Uh, an audience that we're made to impact. We're not made to impact everybody, but we were made to impact somebody. And our job is to find that somebody. And so I would love to, I would love to hear how, you know, how you guys have found your somebody. Give us a little, you know, 30,000 foot view on the journey that you took to find the, where you fit in and, and who your niche audience was. So I'll open the, I'll open the floor to see uh, who wants to take that question first. I want to hear Richard's first. <laughs> I want to hear your. I knew he was going to be last. I knew he was going to be last. I was like, I'm going to call Richie. I want to hear yours first. That's and how it's going to go, Sammy. 
All right, that's how it's going to be. Love it back. Okay, so the the audience, finding my, my audience, it really started with me real quick. Um, I've been big into personal development my entire life. Like the first time I got a credit card, the first thing I bought was a Tony Robbins DVD set. And I was like watching Andre Agassi and all these people change their lives with Tony Robbins. And I was like, wow, that that is where I want to be. Um, I want to be impacting people in a great way. So what I realized as I became an entertainer through the decades was that where I felt the most called and where I felt the most, you know, at home was in the, in the presence of people that were trying to make the world a better place. And so that was like my North star, my guiding stars to who I wanted to perform for. And that's, that's why I think I was blessed to find my way into these circles. Like all of us have where it was not so much that I was always like, I want to get to know that person. I want to get to know and climb these ladders, but my reticular activating system, my sub unconscious mind was honed in on people that were playing bigger than themselves, but doing things that were better for the planet and better for, for the world at, at, at large. And so that was my guiding star. And I think that's one of the biggest things that helped me when I was working in the shitter at a nightclub. And I was like, dude, you gotta get out of here. Like you're not destined for this, but my reticular activating system, my RAS, so they speak, it was honed in on who was making, who was raising the frequency, who was doing it. And I was doing my little thing, but when I saw the DJs just delivering all this music and like making everybody have the most epic time, I was like, oh my gosh, that's where I have to be. So then when I figured out how to get to that part, the next natural step was how do I play for people that are really changing the planet for, for good? And so that led me to meeting Vision from a company called Mind Valley, who throws A-Fest. And then that introduced me to a guy named Yannick Silver, who does private parties for Richard Branson. And then, then the next thing I know, I'm sitting on Necker Island. But it was, it was the intention that I set early that allowed me to stay focused on, on serving those people. So I think that that's my story, my short story on how I think I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. I think one of the things that I find is, is really interesting is, um, you know, a lot of times people will, people will say, I just want to play for a stage full of people. I just want to play for an auditorium full of people. I find it really interesting that you got really specific with the type of people. It wasn't just, I want to be in sold out, you know, auditoriums or sold out stages. I really want to get, I really want to get intentional with, with, you know, serving this, this group. I think, I think that's super, super amazing, super huge. How about, how about you, Richie? So for me, um, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, you know, I watched all the greats. I watched Michael Jackson, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller, Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal, Scream, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, Janet Jackson's Control, uh, Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All, Prince, Purple Rain, the movie. I mean, so for me, and for what I do, I was always wanting to align myself with artists who want to make a change, who want to make a difference, and also who want to captivate audiences, whether it was for an hour, three minutes, a half hour video, you know, I really want to figure out how, I really want to figure out um, how I could be like those greats. Uh, the Vince Pattersons, the Michael Peters, the, 
the people that made things amazing, uh, the Steven Spielberg, even though he's a director, but they've done great work. And I think that for me, I always want to say, how can I present that uh, sense of escapism for someone? Because life gets so crazy, but when you're watching something or an artist that you love or a movie or a show, all of that goes away. So for me, I always want to be a part of those people who made great content or put on great shows or made a great video so that they too could, you know, experience what I felt when I watched those people perform and what I went through. So my, my guiding light was always, how do I become someone that can help people escape through entertainment? Love it. Love it. Love it. Mr. Faber, sir, how about you? Really trying hard to avoid that one. Thank you. Um, I really like this name calling system we decided that we were having. Um, so listen, uh, for me, it was, uh, so I hear these guys, great answers. I feel like I'm like, I need to go back and redo my answers or give me a sec. No, but, um, it, it was really, uh, there was a time where I didn't know where I fit in, right. Where I belonged. Right. And I was like seeking for that thing. You can call home, your place, your tribe, your people, whatever you want to call it. Right. And there was a while where I was trying to figure that out because the lifestyle in which I came from, right, to the lifestyle in which I wanted was so different. And so first it was developing who I was, right? What I was about, what I was for, what I cared about, what made my heart beat, right? And then finding those people that their heart beat because of something similar or aligned, like trying to make the world a better place for other people, trying to build a legacy, trying to help people, trying to give people a platform to do something bigger and better than where they were. And then it was like, how can I help them, right? Your who and then what? And it's no longer knowing who you're for, but who you're not for, right? Or what you're not for. I don't necessarily say throw a stone at somebody, but throw a stone at something. Like the system that made us believe that 40 years of giving my life to a company is in my dream is a mortgage and a white picket fence. Like that's not my dream life. Please stop programming that way, or that way, right? So I think it was walking down that road and then figuring it out for myself, building myself up. And then how can I build a platform that can help people trying to do the same thing and let them know, like, you know, my big thing is, like we're the unleashed, we're family, like this is your home. And it was then creating that space that they could come in and not fall in suit with what was happening, but bring their love, their art, their magic to the space and make the space even better. And I think it was walking that fine rope of figuring that out. And that's what kind of made me be able to communicate with my people and let them know like, this is a Batman light, it's here. You can come if you want, if we align, if we don't align, stay away, right? Cause you know me, I'm rather aggressive. Uh, some people don't like that aggressive approach, right? But um, but that's really kind of how I walked that line, how I found my people, the tribe, my home. And then I, after that, I just started banging that drum louder and louder and louder as I gained more confidence. More people started coming in and being like, hell yeah, let's do this. I was like, oh man, hold up this drum. Like people like the music, like hit that thing, right? So as that started going, I started getting louder, um, which leads you to more people, but also some hate. So be ready for that as well. Love it, love it. Mike, Brandon, how about you? Yeah, I think my journey has been really organic. Um, and like, you know, there's, there's always people who say you're, you're talking to the person who you were several years ago. And I think that's very true to my own journey because a lot of the stuff honestly happened either accidentally or in response to things that I was going through. And, you know, even those moments when you have, in, in your path where you're like, I don't really know what to do with this. This is terrible. I would never choose this. Uh, this is a hardship or this is something that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected. But 
having to deal with it, push through it, and then go to the other side and say, okay, well now how can I redeem this so that it's helpful for somebody else? And one of my core values is, is authenticity and, and another is empathy. And so I'm always looking for ways that my own journey and story can be of help to somebody else. And so knowing that I've had certain points in my journey where I've really struggled to make sense of some things and really felt either alone um, because of some of the things I was experiencing and, and knowing that when I found people who were willing to share their stories and their experiences, that made a huge difference for me. And so I'm like, I want to be able to do that and give back to people and, you know, creatives who are yearning to step into the thing that they're really, truly long to create and just not only to satisfy themselves, but really to serve the people around them that are waiting for their thing. Um, I want to be able to help those people and, and know that there's a ripple effect that's going to happen. And I may never know what the end result of that may be, but to know that I've invested in the lives of people who are doing work that are then investing in the lives of other people. I mean, that's what I want to do, you know? So it's interesting that you you bring up and and I'll open this to anybody, but I'm gonna ask you first of all, why was uh you know I think so many people identify the stage they want to be on right and and the number of people that they want to have in front of that stage, right? But there's some there's some <laughs> I like to call them the the Karate Kid uh, elements are you know Daniel Larusso wants to learn how to do wants to learn how to do martial arts and Mr. Miyagi gives him you know he gives him the the wax on wax off stuff he's like what does this have to do at all with what I want to what I want to do you brought up core values that's in my opinion that's one of those that's one of those you know karate kid essentials that most people don't focus on but why is that important to identify yeah i think because you you have to have a strong sense of self um, it's not enough just to have talent and skill and desire to make an impact. Um, because I think a lot of people are looking to do really significant work, but they get tripped up because they don't realize that it needs to start with them in that they value themselves and realize that they themselves are significant. Therefore, the work that they go to do will be significant. Uh, and instead, they start chasing something, looking for fulfillment in something that becomes very elusive. And so I think the more that you can spend understanding yourself, understanding what values you do have, um, and then how you can apply that to your craft, how you can offer that to your audience, um, I think that's when things really start to align and you find yourself, you know, not chasing like trends and not chasing methods um, and trying on other people's, um, you know, experiences, but you really start to own your own path and your own self and then you can show up and just go like yeah this is who I am and I may not be for everybody um, but for the people who do resonate with my story and with me then, then I'm here for you you know and let's go let's do this I love that does anybody else have anything to add to that yeah I think sorry Sammy uh, I think what he said there at the end with that alignment is huge right because no longer do you have no longer do you figure out yourself what you're about we also can develop that land where other people can stand with you in alignment going towards starting on the same ground where we feel our heartbeats for the same purpose, not necessarily same act, right? Like I don't, I can't draw anything like he draws, right? Like I can't do that. Uh, if I try to do what Richard do, I would break something. 
And clearly yesterday I learned I can't do anything like Sammy does, right? Except dance behind him like he dances, but he didn't even know I was dancing behind him. It was really weird. But it's like, the, I can't do that. But all everyone here, we all have that same floor where we're like, yo, we want to help people. Like we want to help people that are helping people. We want to help impact. And we all did that by creating what our, what our pillars were, what we stand on, creating that platform. And then other people can stand on that too and say, this is ours. Because I didn't create anything to be mine. Right. That's why I didn't create Michael Faber Enterprise. Right? It doesn't have a good ring to it. It's I created something for the platform where like I could see other people. We could look eye to eye and be like, yo, we're connected this way. Our vision is over here and let's freaking go because we know we go further together. Love it. Love it. DJ, you, uh, Sammy, you were going to say something too. No, he nailed it. I was just saying like, once you figure out those values, you know, you're either with somebody or you're vehemently, not for somebody. And I love that you, you said that earlier. That's really it. Yeah. It's great. Richie, I want to, I want to, unless you want to add something to that, Richie, I want to ask you a specific question. Um, did you want to add something to that or, or should well, I ask you this question? I, I was going to add on to that, but I just go another. I just think also, I feel like, like most people have their values and, 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 and they do have these sort of pillars that they want to step on to, to get to, you know, where they need to be for themselves. But I will say in, in, a, in a business such as the business, it just, it does make it harder. And not for myself, because I, I am with everyone on, this, on this, this Zoom moment about how they sort of entered into it. But just from seeing other people around me and, and a lot of newcomers, it's a relationship type business. And so sometimes if you're not grounded with who you are, like we're going to all evolve, but you still know what a red flag is for you but it's a little harder in this business because it's such a relationship business that you're trying to figure out who do you need to align yourself with. And sometimes in that you're doing something that's way outside of your zone or you're doing something that could be good for you or, or maybe an actual better thing for you or maybe the worst thing you could ever do. So just, I'm pretty sure everyone on here has, has, has experienced some form of that. So I would just say, you know, anyone who's out there listening, just try to find Stay grounded, stay true to you. you you've got to be agile, but you just have to know where to go and what's a red flag. A red flag will always show up. It hits you without having to even think about it. You know you shouldn't be doing that or it sounds crazy. So worse come to worse, less is more. Maybe you don't go down that road, but, but it just, it really is a different experience than it would be something like corporate corporate. I feel like there's a sort of like ladder and there's a way and there's a like more scheduled timeline to move up. But in this business, it's just not. So. And that actually leads me to my next question. And it's kind of a twofold question. One, how have you been able to stay grounded? Because to your point, um, you get one job and you get yourself on, you, you, you get seen once and all of a sudden everybody's coming at you. Right. And when do you know, how, how do you stay true to yourself to know which direction you should go and which direction you should pass on? So for me, I have always been a rule breaker. <laughs> I've always gone against the grain. I've always rather, if everyone's doing green, I want to do red. If everyone's dancing a certain way, I don't want to dance like that. If they're dressing a certain way, I'm like, I don't want to look anything like that. So even when I work with artists, I'm always like, who can I work with and who wants to come into the, my world with me that wants to do something else? Especially now, the world is so connected. I mean, the internet is a gift and a curse. We have so much information, there's no information. 
we are so connected that we're now losing our literal, like we're losing our individuality. So for me in working with artists and putting together shows, I'm always trying to figure out how we can stand out in a crowd and, and go against the grain so that we can be seen. Um, and I'm always thinking about who's a hard worker. I want to work with people who want to work hard. I want to work with a person that wants to be there on time at rehearsal, that wants to go over the steps again, 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 again. Because that's how I am. That's who I've always been. Even when I was a dancer, I had to figure out how do I shine in this room full of 1,500 boys all trying to get eight spots. You know what I mean? So I've just always been. And also I would say this, and then, for me as a choreographer and a crib director, it's actual work. Like it's actual work to try to make sure that the show is the best that it can be. It's actual work to make sure the steps look great, the transitions are right, that I pick the right cast to be behind an artist or to do a show. So for me, it's actual work. I'm not in there having the time of my life, not in that way. I celebrate later. So sometimes when I meet people that are in my field and they've got on their shades and they're just so Hollywood, I know they're not doing real work. Because you don't have time. I have no time to put on a pair of shades and act like I'm, I'm better than everyone else. If I can do all that, if I can literally formulate that amount of time to make sure my hair and the right shades from, you know, whomever, and to just be like, yeah, man, no. All I say is, oh, you haven't been at work. You haven't been doing real work and no shade, but maybe the people that you're working with, maybe the, the work doesn't reflect on them because my thing is, I have, I have no time. I am drained mentally and physically. And by the time I, I'm done with it, when we're done, I celebrate, but I am dead tired. I do not have time for that. And I'm pretty much I'm on to the next. So, man, that's, that's, that's huge. I love the fact that you brought that up because here's the thing. It doesn't matter. I mean, you've arguably been on the biggest, some of the biggest stages on the world. I mean, choreographing, choreographing the Super Bowl for Lady Gaga's performance, Woo! you know, doing, doing all that stuff, right? But like, here's the thing, like, you just said this though, is that it was still work. And you're gonna have to do stuff that doesn't feel great that might drain you, that might even be the stuff you don't wanna do. Even in, even in your dream position, there's still gonna be, there's still gonna be the the crap you don't want to do, and I think there's this there's this mystical feeling that when I make it, then there's no longer the things there's no longer this feeling of I don't want to do that, right? And if you're gonna continually progress and you're gonna continually grow as a as an artist as a performer, you're gonna find yourself always at a crossroads of. If I'm going to extend my brand, if I'm going to build a bigger stage, if I'm going to get on the stage that I ultimately want to get on, I'm going to still have to put in the work that maybe I don't feel like doing at that moment. And I think coming from somebody like you who's done, you know, everything from movies to big tours, for you to say that, I mean, you're, you're somebody that most people would say, well, this guy probably just enjoys everything he does because he doesn't have to work hard anymore. He just has the, the fun stuff. <laughs> and you're going, yeah, no. That's not how it goes, right? I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. It's just, I'm just letting you know, it's, it's work. Like, it, it literally is like, I'm at work, like, and I, but I love it. I do not not enjoy it, I, but there's always a crossroads. There's always miracle work. You're having to appease five or six people at the same time. Sometimes it's completely like what, it's completely their vision and I have to make it come to life regardless because they're the brand or they're the client or they're the artist. Like it always changes. And for me, it's never, I will never have said I made it. Mm. That right there, 
take down a mountain. Like, you have not made it. I don't care if I'm Jeff Bezos. <laughs> no. Love it. No, there's, a, there's, there's something else. There's something else. There's always something else. There's something else somewhere that I need to do that I can accomplish. It's another challenge. And it's all a challenge to me. I never, I never phoned it in from the last thing I did. Ever. Love it. Love it. Yeah, and Love it. in the back to piggyback on that too, Richie knows this. When you're at the top of your game, there's more people gunning for you than any place. So your work at the top, you're working ten times as hard as the guy just below you or the person below that. I mean, and in in my space, you know, like I'm I'm by far never made it. And I love that you said that because you have never, you, and, and it doesn't mean we're not working, but you never made it. There's always, there's a, they always say there's an Asian kid doing it better than you somewhere else in my field. There's another Asian kid in the garage doing it better than you. Don't worry about it. You never made it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, here's a question that I want to, I want to open up because uh, you know, we live in an Instagram society. We live in a, we live in a put your best foot forward, polish up a billion filters to make sure that you look like you're, you know, you're somebody that uh, is always winning, which I understand the, the need. <laughs> Mike's like, what are you talking about? Uh, I understand the need for, for making sure that you do put your, 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 you know, all sides of you to in the forefront. But sometimes what it looks like is that you've never lost or that you're never losing or that you always feel like you're 100% confident that you're going in the right way. And I know this to be true. Every performer, every performer has, has questioned, did I totally screw this up? I, I'm, I'm in the wrong field. I'm looking at, I have, I have two choices. I have all the evidence to look at and prove that I should quit. And I have the evidence over here that I can look at to say that I have a chance. My question for you guys is how do you keep your eyes focused more on the reasons why you should still keep going versus that you should quit? I'll let, I'll let one of you guys jump in and answer that deep question because I think we can get into that for a minute. I'll jump in. Go ahead, Ben. So, I was hoping you were going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think it, you, you, I think a lot of it comes back to, to knowing yourself um, and in those moments where doubt is overwhelming, and circumstances conspire against you, um, there's a tenacity that needs to be there and activated um, so that you can keep pushing through. And I know for a lot of times for me, you know, like if I'm, if I'm doing something and it's not working and I'm like, okay, I need to pivot into something else. I need to figure out why this isn't working. Um, to not stew in this you know, woe is me. I, I sunk this work into this thing and it didn't work. Um, didn't take off like I thought it would or whatever. Um, but rather be quicker to rebound to say, what can I learn from this? How can I move on? How can I make things better? Um, where was I not listening? Um, because sometimes it, there's, there's this sense of, I think I know what people want and I can be wrong on that. 
And it's because I didn't stop and ask questions. I didn't engage. Um, and so trying to remind myself to listen more, you know, to ask questions and to engage with people and really see like, it comes back to serving, right? It comes back to being that person who can really bring value and not just throw that around as a buzzword, but really seriously going like, yeah, like I have things that I can do that light me up and they, where it overlaps, where you have a need, that's where I want to keep pouring into. And so knowing that there are people who need what it is that I can do the way that I do it, that's what keeps me coming back. Uh, knowing that there's more people that I don't know yet. There's more people who haven't heard my story and haven't been, um, encouraged by that or challenged by things. And so I think for me, it's easy to think, oh, let me quit this or let me head in a different direction in moments where it's more about self-pity. Um, it's more about discouragement. And so my eyes are on myself and not on other people and thinking about, no, I have work to do because I, I need to help the people around me. Love it. Love it. Anybody else got anything to add to that? I think one of the things that we all get to do, which is uh, a space that I like to stay in as much as I can, is this deep space of gratitude. And to stay in the space of, of deep gratitude for being an entertainer and being able to create, and yes, it is work. It's actually harder work than most people would ever, ever guess because of the rejection, because of the, the thousands of hours we put into no one, um, to playing to no one, to performing to complete nothing, getting booed and stuff. I mean, Gaga got booed off of how many stages? So the way that you, you push through so much of that is like that deep place of gratitude and to piggyback on like what Mike was saying, when you find your values and your core belief for what you're thinking, I think people really do follow why you do something when they get, when, when you can express why you're doing something and, and it emotes from your soul. It's, it's a wholly different place than like, Oh my gosh, I'm working so hard at a company because what we do serves people on such a different frequency. It's just amazing to see when all that hard work comes together and it does, gosh, I know the, some of those grand stages that we've all been on in our own specific way, we really impact people in a different, in a different way. We impact the world in a different way. We're the creatives. We're the ones that truly are blessed to have God's finger, fingerprint on us to do creative work. And a lot of times we forget that. And so one of the things I love to do is sit in this deep space of gratitude. And that gratitude has been a lifeline and fuel to the tank more than I can remember for sure. Richie, I, I think you wanted to add something to that before we, we, we shifted. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, a lot of doors in our business close. And I think that you have to be someone who is, you have to be prepared to handle that. Um, you know, sometimes, I mean, listen, I've had doors closed too. And sometimes you say, well, was that supposed to happen? Uh, maybe that wasn't for me. Maybe it was. Um, there's another side of it though, too, is that all money isn't good money. Some, sometimes it's not for you no matter the dollar amount, no matter who it could be that you, you know, going to work with, no matter what you see on the other, other side of that because of, of that job. So all of this say is that it's just such a different kind of business that, you know, when one door, you know, closes, another one can open. Sometimes it's just not for you and it's, and it's actually okay. There's been so many jobs 
in things that I've either had to pass on or just wasn't for me. And like, thank God, <laughs> like literally on the other side of it, months later, thank God I didn't do that. Or, you know, this happened or was this much drama or it got scrapped anyway. And I would have lost money taking that job, missing something else. So all that this say is that it, 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 this is literally as a performer, entertainers or people that are associated with the business. It's just so different that you really got to find balance within yourself, be agile, but also, like I said, trust red flags. But another thing is all money is not good money. And I don't know if anyone out there has heard that, but it's real talk. <laughs> that is, that is, that is awesome. You know, there was one thing I remember going to an audition and uh, getting super frustrated uh, because I got told no. And, you know, I, I heard plenty of no's when I was out in LA. I, I heard a hundred no's before I got my first yes when I booked my Pepsi commercial with Justin Timberlake. And I mean, there was plenty of times I was going, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I picked the right, <laughs> the right place to be. Everybody else is telling me no. And I remember coming out of an audition and um, I was super discouraged. And the casting director said, hey man, keep your chin up. And I was like, man, this is like the 50th time I've been told no. He said, brother, here's yeah. the thing. You got to realize this is that you didn't get told no because you weren't talented enough. You got told no because you don't have blonde hair. What he was trying to tell me is, listen, you just might not fit the part. It's not because you don't have the ability or it's not because it's not where you're supposed to be. Sometimes we're busy auditioning for parts that we never are going to get casted for in the first place. And so yeah. I think, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what Mike Brennan said, everybody's what Mike Faber has said, DJ Sammy said, what Richie has said, listen, we all have to find first of all, where our North star is and realize, make sure that we're putting our efforts and our time into the right things. Make sure that we're in the right environments. Cause if we're not, you're, you're going to get discouraged for absolutely sometimes for no reason because you're just putting yourself in the place that you weren't supposed to fit in the first place. So this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask this one, this, uh, one piece uh, or this one question here for anybody that's trying to, anybody that's wanting to get this big break, whether they're a singer, actor, dancer, they're a speaker, they're a performer, whatever it, whatever it is. If you had somebody come to you right now and you could give them one nugget, one piece of advice, what would that be? I'm going to go around the horn and because Mike's giving me a stank face, I'm going to start with DJ Sammy because, <laughs> 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 because that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to work it. <laughs> oh my God. One nugget, one piece of advice is never quit. Just never quit. Love it. Love it. Never quit. Never quit. Mike Brandon, how about you? I would say keep looking for opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. Don't let the can'ts dictate your path because wherever something shuts down, there's always opportunity. There may actually be invention um, because, you know, we saw that in this last year, right? Um, a lot of things shutting down, a lot of things can happen, but you know what? There are things that can happen. And so focus on those things and keep showing up and do your thing. Love it. Love it. Um, what about Richie? How about you? <laughs> um, I would just say, just like, just, just like trust yourself, protect your gift, you know, 
if you're confident, I think it's okay to be in to be in confidence. I think that's okay, and also just watch who you keep around you, because um, like I just told Kay, like you never know what kind of energy people are pouring into you. So just be protective of that. People should be around you, uplifting you. I mean, obviously, again, there are red flags, kids. Watch out for a red flag. But other than that, just watch who put who keep in your circle. Watch watch what kind of energy you're, you're pouring into your 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 world. Um, and just trust yourself. Love it. Love it. Mr. Faber, how about you, sir? You know, there was all those other questions. I had like an essay written for each one. I was like, I was literally writing. I was so prepared. I'm like, Mike, you don't get to talk to this one. No, you're not this one. No, this one's not for you. Hey, Mike, answer this question. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, I didn't know. And I was about to curse. And I'm trying not to curse on your thing because I curse a lot. I'm sorry. Right? But like, so my, my would be like, your one advice would be, remember your purpose, right? Like, remember the purpose. Remember, like, it's, I don't even like to say why, but remember the purpose. And it's not even just necessarily the purpose. It's, it's the thing behind the purpose that you're really doing it for, right? It's, it's like you didn't buy the big house to, to buy a big house. You bought a big house because you wanted to feel like you accomplished something or achieved something or got to a certain level because that filled something in you. What is that thing you're trying to fill? Like, what is that purpose? Because there's going to be some hard-ass times, right? I just said I'm trying to curse and I said that. Uh, there's going to be some times where you get, like, beaten down, right? Life's going to beat you down. All the, every single one on the stage has went through some kind of horrible in the business and in life has beat us, right? Like, life has beat us down. Business has beat us down. And if you're not really locked into that purpose where it's something bigger and better, it's something bigger than a payday, it's something bigger than reaching a certain level, there's something deeper to it. If you lose that, you're going to lose. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.